Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey everyone, Matt Lieb here with an annoying mid-roll ad that I'm going to be playing until March 17th. Why March 17th, you ask? Well, <laughs> because I'm going to be co-headlining the Sacramento Punchline on Sunday, March 17th at 7 p.m., with my wife, Francesca Fiorentini. I would love it if you all bought your tickets to it. It's going to be really fun. Um, you helped us sell out uh, when we co-headlined the San Francisco Punchline, and now I'm asking for you to do it again. That's right. If you are in the Sacramento area or somewhere nearby, um, come to the Sacramento Punchline Sunday, March 17th, 7 p.m. It's going to be so much fun. I'm going to be there. Francesca's going to be there. Uh, someone else is going to open for us. I don't know who, but someone probably pretty funny. You're going to have a great time, and you can get your tickets right now by either clicking the link uh, that's in the show notes or going to punchlinesack.com and uh, buying your tickets. Do it. And if you can't go... Hey, maybe you have friends who are in the area and, you you know, you can tell them like, hey, you like comedy. Come see this guy who does a podcast and his wife who also does a podcast. It'll be great. So, yes, please come. Sacramento Punchline, March 17th. That's a Sunday at 7 p.m. Come, enjoy, laugh, love. All right. Bye. Hi, I'm Matt Lee. And I'm Vince Mancini. And this is Pod, Pod Yourself the, the Wire. A The Wire podcast where Vince Mancini and I go through every single episode of The Wire and, and talk, talk about, about it. it. Thank you so much once again for listening to the world's only The Wire podcast. The Wire, a show about hating your boss and a show about... How that media industry poof, poof. sure is falling apart. Yeah. Journalism? Oh. <laughs> well, Not this show today. is Yeah, this show was set 20 years ago. So I, I figure they'll have things all worked out by by the time, you know, yeah, by, yeah, by now. By now, now yeah. that we're watching the show, you know, it's like looking back and going like, man, remember when uh, <laughs> Remember how the dysfunctional me the media industry was <laughs> yeah, back then? Yeah, thank Ooh. God they figured that out. Yeah. Um, just a reminder to give us five stars and review on all of the Apple podcast stores. You know what I mean? Uh, and then go on Spotify and give us five stars there. And you know what? You can actually comment. There's like a thing. How did you like this episode? And you can write a comment under episodes. Do that. Yeah. I, I like it. Mm -hmm. Me yeah. too. Don't you like it, Vince? Yep. Good talk. Good talk. We had. Well, I'm uh -huh. glad we did that. I'm very <laughs> excited because this is the fifth season of the wire this is the final season the final countdown 
and the it penultimate. Is... No, it's the actual ultimate. No, the, the actual ultimate. ultimate. That was, was the last the season. Was and this, the this season ultimate has only ten episodes. That's the least amount of episodes. It's the least amount of wires. Yeah, of all of the uh, seasons of the wires. But I'll tell you. Um, it is the most controversial season. I mean, people used to say it was season two, like, oh, you know, I can't get past the docks. But then season five came out, and for some people, it is uh, hands down the worst season. But not on this podcast, no. I like on this it. Podcast, I don't care what anyone says. No, yeah, everyone is wrong. We are right. And that's why this season, we're going to be inviting uh, not just comedians like usual, but also we're talking to print journalists. We're talking to online journalists. We're talking to other people that we haven't booked yet that we hope will come on. We're talking to so many great people. And our first guest for season five of The Wire, episode one, more with less. We are talking to a returning Pod Yourself a Gun champion. He was on The Sopranos pod talking with us about The Sopranos. He is a tech reporter at the New York Times. Ladies and gentlemen and everyone else, welcome back, Mike Isaac. <laughs> hey, hey, what's up? What's up, man? How you doing? Sorry, I'm my own hype man. I had to sort of cheer yeah, myself. Yeah, I know. I realized that I like I set it up like I'm going to play applause, but I, <laughs> but I don't. Yeah. The journalism industry is in dire straits, so I got to provide a lot of this myself. Yeah, yeah, you got to, that's the thing. You know, it used to be that uh, every journalist, you know, they they had their their union rep, um, mm. and part of the union contract was an applause machine that they that's would right. have next to, that would have it at their the desk. Yeah, you had your own hype man. Mm-hmm. Just press you the button. You would press the button every away. time you got to contribute line contrib what are they contrib. called contrib yeah that's right yeah yeah but i mean now... between between last appearance and this appearance you have uh inspired your own premium cable uh <laughs> that's pre- right premium cable drama right Fuck, that's, yeah. oh my god that's we're, we were in like the height ish of the pandemic right when we were talking that's right i, I definitely was living in the mission and in like a house that became like infested with mice at some point and like locked down. <laughs> that was that was a nightmare i now live in oakland in a in a house that does not have mice but uh no roaches uh i got yeah yeah i wrote this book on uber a while back now it's a tv show that was on Showtime and then streaming collapsed, and now it's on Netflix. And so, oh, yeah, is it really? Watch it. Yeah, it's on Netflix now. Thankfully. Oh, it's not so, on Paramount Plus with Showtime. And it's such a wild, honestly, that's a whole other thing. But the streaming like landscape is insane, and like different companies are selling shit to other companies. So yeah, it joined. You Netflix. made money on every time, every time like a new streamer <laughs> acquired it, right? I'm just like just cheering it on, man. I'm just like keep I love going. it because it's more credits. You know what I mean? I mean that. <laughs> <laughs> probably means less to you than it does to me, a guy who does stand-up shows at bars. <laughs> but to me, that's great because it means you can put both Showtime and Netflix on there the poster go. next yeah. to your, you know, show. Yeah, at you Chuckle know Fox. him from Paramount. <laughs> Paramount Plus with Showtime, mm-hmm. Showtime, uh, yeah. Netflix, uh, <laughs> Quibi, yeah, uh, honestly, Voodoo, Tubi. Oh my God. <laughs> I love all those names. It's great because if you can't tell them apart, it means the industry is thriving. That's right. Um, That's right. But we we didn't bring you on to talk about that stuff. We t- <laughs> we brought you on to talk about the wire. Uh, and uh, my first question to you, uh, Mike Isaac, is uh, do you like the wire? 
I do, man. I am an avowed fan. I've been watching it since Jesus Christ, since it was on, I guess like it was, yeah. yeah, When it was actually airing and didn't really have viewership at the time. You guys correct me, but like it did not do. That's true. Great. Right. No, it was not, it was not a successful show. It started like it was, I think critically successful, Yeah, but it wasn't even like award show successful. That's both wild. Both like regular people and elites were like, <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> Usually you get one or the other, and right. this time everyone sort of like Better Call Saul, I guess, right? Or no, they were critically no, they acclaimed. Got they just didn't win. They didn't, yeah. they didn't win Emmy, Emmys. No, they didn't, oh, they didn't? Win Emmys. but they no, got nominated for a bunch, right? They got nominated. They got nominated. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. so hard now. There's so many I shows know. that it's like, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, if you're an Emmy voter, like to, to be able to have seen like all of. The shows, even the ones nominated, I mean, what? You got to be doing like 35 hours of TV watching a week and it's just not happening. Yeah. I would love so- to meet a guy, though, who was just like really dedicated to his job as guy who gives Emmy votes. <laughs> <laughs> He's just trying to hang out with him. He's like, I'm sorry, but I, I got to watch this other show. I, I, can't, I can't feed my family. <laughs> I got to watch Expanse again. I don't know if I got it all the first time. I have to watch the web extras because I got nominated for short form. Jesus. Yeah. But so you, so you watched The Wire when it came out. Um, so you, you counted yourself among a, a small select few of people who actually saw it while I was, you know, on the air. I remember um, specifically my brother getting me into it because he was watching the doc season and mm. was like, you got to watch the show, man. You got to watch the show. And I was like, eh, it seems mm-hmm. pretty slow or whatever, but yeah. you know, I, I got on the, the train and it, and feel lucky to have been early, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is. Uh, so uh, when you watched the fifth season, hmm. the first time at that point, were you, uh, were you in the, uh, the journalism industry at that point? That's a good. So I was looking back. It's two thousand eight, right? Around like when mm-hmm. it first aired, and That's so right. I was not a full time. I'm thirty nine. I was how old was I? Like it was uh, a long time ago. Let's just say I'm not doing math yeah, yeah, on yeah. air. But uh, I was <laughs> I was doing uh, interns internships in journalism at. Mm. Uh, Condé Nast, which, uh, great company, a, <laughs> a real shit show. Um, and, um, and, uh, and I think that was, yeah, I think I was at a, a publication of Condé Nast at the time. And a lot of this, it was also this like very heady time of companies starting to grapple with, okay, what is our internet sort of strategy right. more, mm-hmm. more, you know, compared to the like, very early days of what is our kind of shitty internet strategy, but everyone was like, by this time they were like, okay, we need to kind of get it together to some Right. This internet thing's not going away. Yes. And I think I, I probably consider myself more of an internet ish first journalist, I would say, even though I kind of straddled print and internet, I still have print bylines from the magazines I wrote for and whatever. And now I'm at the times, which is like a print newspaper, but like, readership is online like predominantly right. so like no i've I heard of it think... i know i know the new york yeah, times i'm not to times? brag or nothing <laughs> but i get you i play wordle 
<laughs> yeah. Connections. Yeah, that's right. That's what I, I hear. It's a good game. I need oh, to get on it. such a good game. I play that Connections game, too. And um, I don't want to brag again, but I have never lost. Really? Never lost. I have. I have yet to, yet to lose that. I've lost Wordle before, um, and then I started cheating. <laughs> you can cheat? Which is weird, because yeah, like, it's cheat? not like I... Sh well, you open up two browsers, one's Safari, one's Chrome. And then you the do only it times on I've them. lost Wordle is when there's like oh. seven words that fit, and you're like, "Well, I only oh, have yeah, five yeah, yeah. choices." I mean, I'm not like I don't know well, if this game is meant to test like ESP, but uh, I you don't have guess that. The, the the choices. Then you just start going in fucking letters with like you know words that have lots of like the consonants that you need. You know, <laughs> you you got to learn some strategy. All right, well, Anyways, we'll have a separate point. Wordle, yeah, Jesus <laughs> <Christ>. Wordle tips. <laughs> Pod yourself a Wordle. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> That actually might take off at the time. I know. Yeah. I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> I was um, going to say. Yeah, because that is something recent and not 20 years old. Um, but, Mike, did, uh, so when you were watching, uh, what did you think of the fifth season? Do you have any, uh, like, because uh, you've now rewatched it as well. Yeah. Um, and uh, did you have an opinion then that you don't have now? Or is it did it hold up? Did it get worse? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I really... So we watched, uh, we did a rewatch of the entire season, the entire wire, probably our, I think it's our fourth time through my fourth time through at nice. the end of last year. Um, we, I do it every so often, but it's been a little while. And then I just did the rewatch the episode before this. I definitely remember having the crowd consensus of like lukewarm, not like universally reviled, like everyone did, like was super right. mad at it. And like mm -hmm. the, probably the McNulty stuff was like what everyone got mad at, I think. And like, <laughs> um, mm -hmm. but I was like a, a little bit let down, but I will say that like being in journalism, I would say, and pr particularly being at like the times during like transition periods of like a bunch of um, folks basically taking buyouts or leaving or whatever. And like when yeah. I first got to the times in 2014, they were doing a huge round of buyouts. Newsroom morale was like super depressing and like, but at the same time, they're trying to transform into this like internet journalism, blah, blah, blah. And so a lot of it did sort of ring, like you can tell Simon is an old school journalist guy also oh, yeah. grappling with what it means to be a journalist there. And that really, yeah. I did come to appreciate it more over time, if that makes sense. Yeah. 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 It is definitely something that, uh, as upon rewatching, as you like, uh, you know, as we at least, you know, read more and more about the show, like knowing it was where David Simon eventually wanted to go was the story about how, like, you know, you know, what's good is, uh, when, local journalists are have the capacity and funds to do their job uh and uh and and what you know passes for journalism then and now and what you yeah. know gets more um you know so it's uh, funny it's like yeah, it's yeah. it's very dated uh in some ways with the media stuff like incredible right. i mean just even even buyouts like to me i'm like a, a buyout would have been awesome what? instead of just buyout getting laid the fuck off that would be yeah. awesome when that like they they gave you money to leave fucking sick uh but like <laughs> so dope. but just like the way i mean the way that uh the way that he he portrays 
the kind of journalism that wins awards and like the uh and the difference between you know trying to write a good story and trying to like uh become famous from it like it's very it's it's very prescient and clever and smart i mean it's things that are probably timeless in in a way but uh, that's that's why i've always appreciated it and i just i love gus and scotty templeton and um you know i can i can accept some of the things that people thought were dumber like with mcnulty and stuff just because i love i love i mean gus is like that's like a journalist's uh a journalist's like aspirational like what what we wish the editor that we all like wish we had kind of thing like a guy who actually like cares about writing and teaches you about writing which yeah again it's like fucking fantasy land for me watching it but uh it was totally like well i had like flashbacks of the i mean i don't want to get too far ahead but like the guy on the copy desk who would um say oh you know people did not evacuate the building right it was (laughs) like it wasn't people shooting themselves or giving him an enema it was the building was evacuated right and like i've had so many of those copy editors over the years that no sort of arcane knowledge of different um you know gerunds or or textbook like shrunken white or stuff that like yeah. i'm just a fucking reporter i don't know this shit so like and that's the type of person that's being marched out the door with this sort of death knell of yeah i've never had any history. of those and i always and, and so watching this i'm always like oh man what would that be like where you know maybe here and there but like it's very rare <clears throat> sure. to have now someone- for sure care or even like even care enough to interrogate like that detailed of word choice you know i just think it's crazy that there's like a there's like a guy who's like job is like spell check you know (laughs) that's i mean you know i know it's more than that no but but they're all like that guy like that's the thing is like you have to be a very particular and look like to your point vince like copy copy desks largely are non-existent in mm. many if not most newsroom nows but like when they were they were all that fucking guy that dude who's <laughs> like doesn't leave the chair kind of crusty but could recite page 500 of whatever to you on the specific word you're doing and it, yeah we awesome. call them fucking nerd <laughs> replace with ai just kidding uh, <laughs> that's right that's right. well we did that so Yes, and that worked out. <laughs> it worked but this out is great. Not a sh- this is not a show about how AI is good. No, this is a show about The Wire. And we, of course, cannot start the show without first playing the theme song. When you Pause. Do the garden, gotta Pause. Watch your back. Well, I beg your Pause. Podcast. Podcast. The newsroom. Fake serial killer. Pod. Season five. All right, ladies and gentlemen and everyone else, today we're going to be talking about from Season 5 of The Wire, Episode 1, More With Less, uh, which premiered on January 6th. Where were you oh, on January shit. 6th? I didn't even think about the connection. 2008, wow, never forget, they wow. tried to 
9-11. Uh, but <laughs> Vince, can you break us off a little piece of that synopsis? Yep. Uh, I'm going back to IMDb for these, so okay, whatever, you guys. Uh, as McNulty and the detail continue staking out Marlowe's crew, recently promoted Sergeant Carver is welcomed by a cauldron of discontent from officers coping with unpaid in overtime. Well, that is, that's what happened. Yeah. But more importantly, it? Vince, more importantly. Mm-hmm. Go on. What was happening at the time that uh-huh. this episode came out? You That's know? right. As we know, we cannot evaluate art. Divorced from its cultural context, we have mm-hmm. to put some of that cultural context back in. Uh, and we try to do that with a little something that we call the back in the day machine. It's a bad time for newspapers. The news hole is shrinking as advertising dollars continue to decline. There ain't no back in the day machine tells the tales, huh? <laughs> it's it's funny that we're here in season five where we got all of those clips finally. from. Fi- I know, I know. Finally, it's like you know now people can understand where we pulled it. Yeah, you know where the <laughs> drops came from. That's great. That's um, right. So a few things that were happening. Uh, Roger Clemens, he was on sixty minutes uh, this week in January six two thousand eight. Uh, yeah. Remember sixty minutes? That was a show. Um, I think it's still around. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I've heard that. Um, the headline in the New York Post: Post Roger Clemens, I'll never pitch again. Uh, an angry oh, they didn't Roger. Even do a pun or nothing? I know they really. Yeah, that's respected a pretty him a shitty lot. post headline. Yeah, what, the fuck? <laughs> yeah. what happened? That you is know, not it's just good. they probably fired their pun guy. <laughs> you know, they bought yeah, him exactly. out. He took a buyout. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 45-year-old pitcher defended himself against allegations he used steroids and human growth hormone, but said he is so frustrated he is through with baseball. I understand yeah, that as a public definitely. person. Yeah, that's a, that, no, I, that, that, that not makes sense. guilty quitting. Yeah, no, sure. yeah, 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 yeah. No, that for sure. It's like no, I didn't cheat on you, but you know what? Let's get a divorce. I just I don't like being accused, so I'm gonna do divorce. Don't look through my phone. I understand that as a public person, you're going to take some shots, Clement says. That's where the pun guy came in right there. Uh, The higher you get up on the flagpole, the more your butt shows. And I understand all that, but I'm tired of answering to him. That's why I will not ever play again. I don't want to answer to it. I want to slide off and just be a citizen. I'm not familiar with the ass showing flagpole metaphor. Yeah, but yeah no, there's something new on me. And the higher up you get on the flagpole, the more your ass shows. I guess because your butt is now visible to people yeah. further away from below. Sure. Yeah. Right, right, right. More people, not can just look at below, your butt. but also like you know, it's like mm. high in the air. Although, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, the horizon line. Perspective wise, mm-hmm. you're you're gonna not focus on the butt from far away. Uh-huh. Can we call Roger and ask him what he mean? <laughs> Uh, the follow-up to that, I mean, that was on the heels of the Mitchell report, um, mm. you know, testimony given under oath by his tr- former trainer, Brian McNamee, that he injected Roger Clemens with steroids and HGH, uh, mm. uh in 2010, a grand jury indicted Clemens on six counts involving perjury, false statements, and contempt of Congress oh. over saying that he'd never done steroids to Congress. That's crazy. Uh, I forgot that Congress got involved. Yeah, there was a there was a mistrial. Uh, they retried a mistrial in, in Congress. Uh, there was a mistrial uh, of, of the perjury count. Oh, okay. 2012. 
they retried him again and he was found not guilty. That's crazy that they yeah. retried him. There was a mistrial and they were just like, no, let's keep doing it. Yeah, we got to make sure that Roger Clemens uh, gets yeah, in trouble gotta for know. doing steroids. People got to know he lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, other news, this was, uh, this was Britney Spears was in the midst of a bit of a breakdown um oh this was that time i remember that time you remember that time she was like uh she had an umbrella she was poking at people shave her head and stuff yeah yeah this is that from was the toronto star ago? the head shaving jesus fucking hey where the time go <laughs> <laughs> do you do uh, this like a lot in this yeah, podcast yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like fuck <laughs> me this, this is, is mostly what we do we go then oh no <laughs> Uh, the, vi the vision of myself I have in my head is still a young guy. But then we <laughs> started doing this on video, and I'm like, I, I should use a filter. <laughs> the lighting too good. Lighting too good. Headline, <laughs> Britney's house call from Dr. Phil. Uh, mm. Troubled pop star had gun popped 100 pills before standoff, British tabloid reports. Had gun? Mm-hmm. Pakistan is in shambles. Kenyans fear for their lives. The U.S. might elect its first ever African-American president. A doe-eyed 14-year-old girl was fatally knifed and left dying on the corner of a quiet Toronto street. Where is this going? Where is this going? <laughs> this so is a real roller people... coaster. <laughs> <laughs> so what are people talking about? Britney Spears. The fallen pop, pop princess doesn't disappoint, especially in this, the latest frame of the former... I'm sorry, but the writer is the one minimizing the dead 14-year-old. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> Seriously. So pretending like it's the so society sick. Here's a dead 14-year-old that I found. Like, <laughs> fucking asshole. <laughs> pretending like it's society's fault. No one's even talking about this dead 14-year-old. Instead, yeah. they're talking about Britney Spears, yeah. which I will then also also talk about yeah anyways uh, isn't, isn't this a sick society look at her breaking down she pop a hundred pills and had gun <laughs> fucking asshole it got even worse today as britain's raunchy news of the world reported that spears popped more than a hundred prescription tablets about 36 hours before her custody meltdown late thursday night washing them down with a purple monster a mind-blowingly a oh, monster, the energy drink. Oh. No, 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 wait. It, no, oh. they, got their own, they got their own definition. A mind-blowing homemade cocktail of vodka, NyQuil, anti-flu syrup, and an energy drink like Red Bull. Jesus Christ. What, what Purple what monster? Pills? <laughs> yeah, it sounds like Sorry, a what, penis. what kind of pills did she have? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do kind of want to know the what, pills. What are we talking like, about? You just add pills, you know? <laughs> the tabloid quotes an unnamed friend as saying she believes Spears was saved from falling into a coma because all the substances counteracted one another. Yeah, that's the, I think, isn't that the Mr. Burns theory of why he's still alive? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 The morphine went against the meth when it gets yeah, hit. Totally. Famously how it works. <laughs> I love, we asked the unnamed friend for her thoughts on science. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a doctor, but that sounds right to me. Yeah, that sounds right. I don't know, man. It's just like, what happens if you, your drink of choice is poison and the antidote? <laughs> it looks like everything in her medicine cabinet went down her neck, the friend said. I know the friend didn't say that because only British people say down her neck. No American would have say, ever that's said a weird... that. Yeah, and if there's one thing we know about Brittany is she did not have any British friends. <laughs> they couldn't continent. 
No. Uh, anyway, Dr. Phil visited her in the hospital and blah, blah, blah. Yell Basically, anytime someone's <laughs> at their lowest moment, Dr. Phil will show up there and make it worse somehow. Yeah, he's a little vampire, that guy. Did he ever uh, get canceled? I feel like he did. No, I feel like people tried on. to cancel. Uh, yeah, they can't. Like, like he's too, he's, no, he's too trashy to cancel. Like we know it's, we know it's bad. You can't. Yeah. He's like one of those it. guys who is just like, um, I don't know. He, he's, he's bulletproof, you know, mm. because I think it's because, uh, the people who watch him are the ones who are also tired of this cancel culture, you know what I mean? But it's like, <laughs> yeah. but not in yeah. a right wing sense. I mean, yes, in a right wing sense, but in like a housewife sense, you know, mm. just like, oh, they're trying to cancel me like my daughter tried to cancel mm. me yesterday <laughs> they for forgetting how to say black people correctly or something. <laughs> right, exactly. It's person <laughs> of color. Sorry, I didn't know that. <laughs> I love Dr. Phil. He yells at sick people. <laughs> Um, other news, uh, we got There Will Be Blood and No Country for Old Men in an Oscar race. Go. Good year, year for movies. Good year. 2007. Yeah. Um, uh, and finally, we got uh, some economists uh, pontificating Ooh. on whether there may be a recession coming. Uh, in 2008? I don't know. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> so this one is from the uh, Honolulu uh, Star Bulletin. Um, mm. It's a question and answer format. Question, can this housing recession push the economy into a recession in 2008? Answer, no. <laughs> Answer, believe Two it or not. Two recessions cancel each other out. <laughs> cancel each yeah, other yeah. out. <laughs> it's just like Britney Spears cocktail. <laughs> exactly. Believe it or not, a housing recession alone cannot lead to an economy-wide recession. Mm. Look at the numbers. God damn. Even though they garner about 95% of the media coverage, housing and autos comprise about 9% of real gross domestic product, said James. James Paulson, chief investment strategist at Wells Capital Management. Oh, Combined, <laughs> this relatively small part of the company has collapsed at an alarming rate of about 12% over the past year, but there is still very little evidence of economic damage to other parts of the economy, he said. Well, I, the good thing about him is he's definitely right and everything's fine um, and everything will end up good. I have another, I have another piece from... Uh, <laughs> What is this? This is from the the Desert Sun with a uh, a global economics expert Morris Bischloss. Cool uh, name. Yeah. Nice. Headline: Growth will slow, but no recession. Hell yeah! God In damn. the last few weeks, I've been literally inundated by a single question: Will the U.S. be mired down in an exacerbating economic recession during 2008? My answer is a resounding negative. This is Hell not yeah. based on wishful thinking or even a forlorn hope. It's Absolutely the result not. of a careful analysis of the fundamental companies that comprise America's $13.5 trillion economy. That's that right. is three times as large Apple, as the world's number two, Facebook. Japan. <laughs> to everyone's surprise, even China, whose economy is growing by leaps and bounds, has still not caught up with America's $2 trillion plus industrial sector. Only Japan exceeds America's total manufacturing arena. Uh, it is my belief that too much emphasis is placed on recessionary impact of housing and new residential construction, as well as the downtrend in America's three major automotive corporations. What is not well known is that an increasing multiple of the business of General Motors, as well as that of other multi-billion dollar multinationals, is generating rec record revenues overseas. 
That's right. Little is written about the rebound of heavy industry in the U.S., such as all aspects of oil production, refining yeah. and transmission, power generation, all facets of American high technology, and yeah. America's dubious distinction as the world's number one arms supplier. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Don't worry, we've got guns. We have oil and guns. Don't even yeah. trip. <laughs> you can, if shit. anything happens to the housing market, we'll make house out of oil and gun. <laughs> we had guns. Yeah. And luckily, housing market, luckily, exists in vacuum, has nothing to do with any other industry that may be important financially. Yeah, totally. There's no mm -hmm. trickle down. This is its own podcast is just fucking yeah. looking up 20 year old newspaper <laughs> yeah. clips and calling people stupid yeah, it's, I'm it's my favorite thing <laughs> it's very fun it feels very aaron sorkin -y to kind of just yeah. be like you know pretend that we're smart and, and yeah, not that exactly. high inside is 2020 smug as hell 20 years yeah later. but i mean this is you know hey what are you gonna be a resounding no yeah Come yeah on. this guy couldn't even admit a little wrong. Yeah. yeah, putting all these pieces together, the greatest danger to America's economic viability is a dangerous credit crunch that has panicked big and small banks alike, as well as major investment institutions. But even here, the massive growth of sovereign wealth funds have created an investment pool that is just beginning to target a plethora of U.S. fixed assets at an unexpected discount. <laughs> Since the rule. You the know, Saudis so, will save us. Some of that's tied into the whole housing thing, right? <laughs> right. Uh, uh, today's U.S. economy is a far cry from the short, sharp recession of 2002 to 2003. Yeah, the America most famous was... recessions. <laughs> 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 when America was still reeling from the September 11th outrage, the busted mm. dot-com bubble, and the destructive Enron power price scam and phony shortage conspiracy. Right. <laughs> but we fix all that. Yeah. Expect no slow growth, especially in early 2008, but no recession. In fact, an upside rebound during the second half is a distinct possibility. Hell yeah. I love someone <laughs> reading that. I'm going to buy another house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Don't Go worry, honey. I'll buy more house then. What if more I was, house? I was worried before because I was like, maybe I have too many house. But I read an article by Desert Guy. What was it? What is the name Morris of it? Morris Bestkloss. Yeah, but what was the name Spish of the loss. Desert of the Sun? Desert Sun. I think it's like Palm Desert or something. Like, I'm not really sure. I don't That's remember. a good. Yeah. Well, that is uh, <laughs> that is amazing context for today's episode. Probably, um, I will say actually for the first time, um, every news article that you read, Vince, uh -huh. is going to be technically context for this season <laughs> because there's yeah, seriously yeah. Obviously, you know? yeah, that's right. Uh, like, as this is a very uh, newsroom heavy season, it's a lot about journalism. It's also it's this since this season was uh, released in two thousand eight. I could actually like read my own articles. From, oh like God. I was writing articles in two thousand eight. Like that's. Uh, could you please? I, I feel you, like I'm very old now, but uh, I, I think happened. you should start doing that. I think just try try to see find your own shit. See if if it lines up with the date, then you have to read at least one. I and mean, it's we, gonna have to be on the Wayback Machine because that's fine. But you know, exist. we'll yeah. just uh, you know we'll fucking roast me uh, for we'll all my you. wrong predictions oh uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah 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 i can't I even think... read my old writing man like no, <laughs> like something for 2008 i'm like fucking hell well 2008 was like we were trying really hard not to be uh like our dad's newspaper at least online yeah. so it was like there was you know there was some things i would not write the same let's just why say. the hobbit <laughs> fuck 
<laughs> I would much. still read that. Yeah, <laughs> actually, yeah, I would read that. I want to know why the hell the fuck. Um, okay, so that is the back in the day machine. That's what happened. We're all contextualized. Um, this season, uh, this is the first Balmer B story. You you can hear it at the end. Um, but I wrote it to the tune of swallowed by bush for no real reason hell yeah uh <clears throat> balmerson yeah, 501 we meet scott templeton <laughs> ot ain't been paid guess it's not a new day marlo followed kima sid and jimmy are watching partlow he knows that the MCU is on them. That the MCU is, you know that. Anyways, yeah, like it. it's a great song. Pretty good. Game Everyone Ross loves too. Bush. Yep, yep. Everyone on this podcast, it's it probably owned mm -hmm. one Bush album. Must I be. definitely owned Bush CDs when I was a kid. You know, <laughs> too cool for that. Sorry, sorry, guy. Oh man, that, I feel like maybe it was too British for Fresno. <laughs> You know, you guys just you don't like when anyone's British. I don't know why. Um, but okay, so this you know, he sounds stupid. Yeah. Why is he talking all stupid to me? Why is he talking stupid? What is he, what, is he gonna drink tea? I don't know if they talk like that, but you know what I mean. Okay, let's get into this. Five hundred one. It's the first season of season, uh, first episode of season five, and uh, so much happens. I mean, we are. We are rewriting this show. It's like almost things like got back to normal. Jimmy, he's back. You know, he took a season off to be, you know, good boyfriend, uh, to be responsible police, to be guy who doesn't drink that much, um, to be lover and not fighter. Uh huh. But now he's back. He's chasing that high, and that high is trying to lock up inner city blacks <laughs> for, for reasons that make sense. You know, Marlo killed 22 people and whatnot. But uh, so, yeah, he's back. And, uh, you know, it turns out Carchetti, he was not what we hoped and expected. It's not a new day. Um, and we meet the uh, Balmer son, um, you know, uh, Metro desk people. And, uh, and, Bubbles is trying to get sober. Mm. These are the things. Um, Vince, what did you think? Um, it was a, a very slow, like, table-setting episode, uh, at least at first. And then, you know, by the end, I felt like I was right back in it where I was like, hell yeah. All right. Get, I'm prim you've primed the pump. I'm ready. I'm ready for more wire. And, yeah. um, all, again, all the newspaper stuff is just very both familiar and completely exotic to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I love, I love Gus and yeah. Hearing about fucking buyouts and, oh man, the, the Baltimore sun might close its Johannesburg bureau. That's crazy. Right? <laughs> like the idea that Fuck. the fucking Baltimore sun had a goddamn Johannesburg bureau. Like, <laughs> If someone's saying that to me, like I'm expecting it to be like a fucking woolly mammoth, it might it might as well be that long ago. Yeah, that like, is crazy. Like, that's yeah. insane. But then at the same time, it's like they're saying all the same shit that you hear now, where it's like, yeah, you know, we don't got any money to fucking do this, and you guys gotta do more news with less people and figure yes. that shit out. 
and uh do more with less yeah you know and Perfect that title. is the uh that's the theme of this episode and it also is the name of this episode um uh mike what did you think uh of this episode your general thoughts yeah no i i agree i think you know a lot of it was set up but the um I I forgot the name of the title until I went back and and looked at it and I was like, "Oh, it's perfect. It it's it's been a theme of the news industry for a long time. It sort of syncs with what the police are trying to do in the show right now mm-hmm. and what Carcetti's forcing them to do essentially basically because he's not the like savior that everyone thought he was going to be and like it's it's just funny how sort of cynical this show is in a lot of ways that I haven't appreciated every time I watched it. But I mean, like it, it runs through all of the, I mean, I think people have basically said this, but like, it's like the slow death of a city, right? Is this sort of like how it's being described or maybe David Simon has even described it as that. I can't remember, but like going from institution to institution. And the part that makes me sort of, I guess, happy about it is that not, not, happy about Baltimore dying, but like the idea that the local newspaper is one of those like key civic functions that for a long time was very important. And I think about it, I think about it now too, like even long before I was watching this season, the wire is like, I work at the New York times and the times is like growing as regional papers lose subscribership, you know, and like folks and, and there are different sort of companies that, are going the Washington Post is trying to go after that the you know the journal whatever and i think it's a real like i empathize with it. i think it's a real loss that these corrective institutions that would sort of keep power in check locally are going away and you sort this, of see that play out yeah. here this is uh not uh this is not uh a back in the day machine article this is actually uh from yesterday Mm. Uh, from the Baltimore banner in a tense three hour meeting with staff Tuesday afternoon, new Baltimore sun owner, David Smith told employees he has only read the paper four times in the past few months, insulted the quality of their journalism and encouraged them to emulate a TV station owned by his own broadcasting company. Sick. <laughs> it was so fucked up. I remember that reading that. What it was like fuck. It's uh, it's so brutal. Have yeah. you guys thought about uh, on the front page um more car crashes? Or I, mean, I like chase? the idea. I like the idea that the way his way. To, I mean, everybody knows that like the local paper is having a hard time, but I've never heard anyone suggest that the solution is to be more like local TV news. Yeah, be more like, <laughs> like okay. I don't know. You know, oh this, what God. this paper is missing is a wacky weather guy. Uh, Smith seemed to try and pit reporters against each other in the tense meeting, asking <laughs> as, asking them to rank who was the best in the newsroom. Holy Holy shit. <laughs> several times several times throughout the meeting he repeated that he has quote no idea what you do. Wow. <laughs> that is somehow more depressing than like this series. <laughs> Holy shit. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I mean it's uh, you know we're it's funny but it's like it, we have all these conversations about like uh, the culture war and why people are mm-hmm. so fucking polarized and uh and everybody's going down this conspiracy rabbit holes and it's like because we don't have fucking court reporters anymore like there's yeah. no one telling yes. you like what happened down the street or at city hall or uh, yeah. what what that fucking fire was like 6 blocks away like you don't have that all you have is 
uh, awful clickbait that makes your grandpa mad because that's what like makes money. hundred like, percent. Literally, we have that, or we have, you know, like MSNBC, which is like the same thing for uh, your parents that went to college. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. right. No, it's it's nuts, and it's like uh, it's funny because like the show obviously is presenting. Um, this kind of journalism is like, you know, it's this like dying industry and they're almost presenting it as like, you know, nearly dead, just twitching. And, you know, 20 years later, you know, or 15 years later watching this, uh, you know, now. And I'm like, oh, you guys don't even you haven't even <laughs> begun to know how bad shit's going to get. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's funny the amount of. uh times that they mention how much people fear a bad headline in this show right mm. yeah like the idea of a bad i don't want to see that headline carcetti keeps saying yes like, carcetti yeah, you know you're, it's, you're not gonna in the future <laughs> right and and the, the yeah. thing is is not only you're not going to see it is if you do you can just be like who cares no one gonna read it <laughs> yeah carcetti like, in 20 years it'll be like Oh my God! There's a bad TikTok circulating about me yes. right now. I'm shitting exactly. my back. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It'll be a TikTok about how he let 22 bodies get, you know, <laughs> someone not like unsolved. pointing to 22 bodies on the thing. And be like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't want to see that TikTok. I don't want to see it. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it's and it's crazy because you see the utility of um, that kind of local journalism and their discovery of this um, this sweetheart deal that fat face Rick got um, yeah. with uh, the city through uh, Narice, who's the president of the city council in the show. And you see how much she's like, you know, trying to get ahead of it. She's trying to she's giving them a quote, trying to like contextualize or I guess, no, she's talking off the record. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, and they still end up putting it, you know, uh, on the front page below the fold. And you see her in her car and she's just fucking swearing and she's like super mad about it. And you're just like, I think a politician nowadays would she ain't going to be buying the fucking newspaper in her car well, number on one. the street, yeah. number one. Yeah, exactly. She's not going to be buying a physical newspaper and no one's selling <laughs> it. Uh, and number two, I think, you know, it's we uh, this is like less about the economy and maybe more about like uh, culturally, like things are so partisan. You would just say, oh, that liberal rag is will make mm -hmm. up anything to, you know, or oh, that's a, you know, a fucking right wing conspiracy. Like mm. at this point, it just doesn't have the bad headline doesn't have the cachet that it once had. And it's like occasionally, you know, you do see journalism affect change. I'm not saying it, it's it's a dead. But what I'm saying is on a local level, there's no yeah. incentive to have a court reporter, you know, there's no incentive to like keep tabs. That's why every time, um, I, you know, uh, like every once in a while, I'll hear about some local LA news and I'll be like, wait, what, one of our elected officials is in jail. And they're like, yeah. And so is the last one. And you're like, what the fuck? Why do I, I feel like I should know about that. Yeah. I, I mean, I know. Yeah. One of the other things watching this was like, I've never worked at like a daily uh, paper like that where we're, you know, out, out there actually like chasing fire trucks and shit. But I'm like, God damn, dude, you, you finished work like after nine 30 and then you still went out for drinks afterwards. Did you guys like have families and shit? What's going on here? Yeah. I did appreciate yeah, but, that. 
Um, but you know, you mentioned this like insane new person over at um, what which Baltimore paper? I forget. It was at what the Sun. Said. I that think, was at right? the Sun. It was that the, was like, the, the same sun? paper, like yeah, literally the same, the paper. same paper. Oh man, it kind of <laughs> makes you know the perfect. The, the owner on the show look, you know, uh, kind of like a saint. Oh no. Like this generation, like they thought they were bad at the time, but like this guy's bad was like, Oh, he's like too cozy with the Dean of journalism <laughs> yes. at the fucking yeah. college. Like I, now, I that, like the, yeah. you've got an owner that wouldn't know what journalism is. If it fucking bit him. Right. In the ass. Like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> I, I bought this on a dare. <laughs> yeah. Um, I right. mean the new Baltimore sun guy, like literally his, Bugaboo was like school choice uh, vouchers, and oh, um, so hold on, I gotta find the the piece of the. So that was basically why he was yelling at them about why the the mm-hmm. local uh, news <laughs> was was better. Smith's company owns the local news station Fox Forty Five, and he praised its project Baltimore, which focuses on the shortcomings of Baltimore City schools, as an example. Sun reporters should follow. If you knew the corruption and the design failure of what goes on in the Baltimore City school system, you would shoot somebody. Unfortunately, you can't do that, Smith said. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they outlawed that. Like, they outlawed, you know, fucking everything in this goddamn culture. Canceled. <laughs> oh, I thought it was America. You can't even shoot anywhere anymore. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, yeah, basically, like, he's... You know, he's he's he, he's a politics guy and his like bugaboo is, you know, like wanting fucking school vouchers. It seems like that's why he bought the paper and uh, and he's berating them over this. So like on one in one sense, like the, the reality of uh, the way it depicts journalism is like so much worse but it's also like the same exact shit where he's like, uh, you know, you guys got to do more with less and make me some money basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, but it, I was going to say that I love that scene with the uh, the new um, I, I don't know if he was an editor. It seemed like the he was the editor in chief or the owner of the paper or I don't fucking know. But uh, that, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I have the scene with that. I'm the College Park Stringer on UM not making its deseg goals again. Well, I'm told that uh, the campus has become much more hospitable to minorities. Uh, Gene Robbins is dean of journalism there. I had lunch with him the other day. Well, nevertheless, and, they uh, haven't... And he was uh, saying how the last few years have uh, really transformed the school's reputation with black faculty and students. Yeah. He's a white guy, right? Who? Yeah, a journalism fellow, Dean Warmer, Dean Martin, whatever his name is. I worked with uh, Gene Robbins in Philadelphia. He is an excellent journalist and a reliable source. I think race is uh, beside the point. <laughs> Just that guy is so perfectly cast too because he, he, he's you know as someone who's never worked in like a a newsroom before or at least a print journalist newsroom just the, imagining like the first story in which someone wants to complain or someone has a story about like desegregating a school or you know any kind of uh racial politics you're just going oh, i'm sorry can we back up for a second <laughs> the person that you're um insinuating is racist here is a dear dear friend of mine actually we, my my buddy yeah he's my friend and so we we pledged skull and bones together um we killed a migrant as part of the the point is is that he's really a good guy like he said he <laughs> talked to 
he talked to the cafeteria lady <laughs> and said, say the school's not racist or you're fired. And she said it was not racist. So, I mean, yeah, like the things that have changed, like the idea that being the dean of the journalism school would hold sway uh, with like the new ownership is hilarious. But, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, but, but the, the, the notes from the top that are basically like be nicer to my friends and, uh, and, and cover the things that, that I want you to cover is pretty accurate. I was going to say that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think it's, I, it's funny because like it's TV. So they, they have to sort of hit you with a blunt object to sure. like make points sometimes. But like, I think there, there can be fair criticisms of like exactly what you said. Like, Oh, I know this dude. Should we be thinking about it like this or whatever? You know? Yeah. Right. It's like insane. I have to see him, you know, yeah. at, at the tennis court that totally. is $1,500 a month. I mean, like if anything, I think the, uh, like the top down directives at this point were more like couched and mm. careful and like, Oh, like they, right. they had to pretend that they were doing journalism. Whereas now mm. like, they'll just tell me straight up, Hey, we can't like run this bad story. Cause this guy's management company like works with us a lot. Like, I mean, that'll just be like, it'll just be Damn. Like, it's like straight up. <laughs> like Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny you read that story because it, it really is just like, yeah, this is quaint yeah, <laughs> comparatively. Yeah. Really is. But uh, yeah, sticking with this. Oh, is that Brent Flyberg, producer of Pod Yourself a Gun the Wire? True, it's me. Hey, I got bad news. The podcast hole is shrinking. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I am, I'm here to offer you guys buyouts. Not mad. podcasting uh... right now. <laughs> Yeah, my podcast hole is wide open. All right. <laughs> this means it's time to take a break for some ads. So, you know, please listen to all of these wonderful advertisements and stick around because we will be right back. Hey, everyone. Matt Lieb here with an annoying mid-roll ad that I'm going to be playing until March 17th. Why March 17th, you ask? Well, (laughs) because I'm going to be co-headlining the Sacramento Punchline on Sunday, March 17th at 7 p.m. with my wife, Francesca Fiorentini. I would love it if you all bought your tickets to it. It's going to be really fun. Um, You helped us sell out uh, when we co-headlined the San Francisco Punchline, and now I'm asking for you to do it again. That's right. If you're in the Sacramento area or somewhere nearby... Um, come to the Sacramento Punchline Sunday, March 17th, 7 p.m. It's going to be so much fun. I'm going to be there. Francesca's going to be there. Uh, someone else is going to open for us. I don't know who, but someone probably pretty funny. You're going to have a great time, and you can get your tickets right now by either clicking the link uh, that's in the show notes or going to punchlinesack.com and uh, buying your tickets. Do it. And if you can't go... Hey, maybe you have friends who are in the area and, you you know, you can tell them like, hey, you like comedy. Come see this guy who does a podcast and his wife who also does a podcast. It'll be great. So, yes, please come. Sacramento Punchline, March 17th. That's a Sunday at 7 p.m. Come, enjoy, laugh, love. All right. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. And we're back. All right. So uh, sticking with uh, the Baltimore, Baltimore Sun, um, there's just uh, there's this episode gives us a lot. And I, I yeah, the, the sun things... didn't even come in until like 30 minutes into the episode or two. Right. Oh, and yeah. then it just kind of is the rest of the episode. And, uh, you know, I almost felt like that was a little bit of like a note or something uh where they're like let's not repeat the thing from season two yes. where everyone got mad at us yeah they let's did that let- yeah they've done that every season since they have not they have not begun with whatever like the new storyline is like they've right they've uh, sort of uh yeah they've more subtly like we right in there. They'll, they'll do a few scenes in this one you know they there's a lot of it but it's uh you know it's it, it's like you said 30 minutes into it but it's all great. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, some of my favorite moments from it are, um, and Vince, you wanted me to pull this clip, but it's, uh, you know, it's, they're at one point all looking out a window and they're like, something's burning. And what I love about that is like, that's pretty much what I assumed news is. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, what, what are we going to write about? Um, I saw I saw something on fire. Oh, shit. <laughs> Do we have a guy with a camera? Call your camera guy. <laughs> Honestly, um, that is not that far off on any given day. I mean, what are you going to ask if you're a citizen? You see a big plume of smoke. You're like, hey, what, what the hell's going on there? Yeah, now, I hope the news gets in on this. <laughs> yeah. Now we just have like an AI trained to uh, train to. <laughs> train to train to do search engine optimization for the question well, what is over there and why is it burning <laughs> oh and, and then another right. and then another ai generated like search bot that uh that tells you that above the above the <laughs> right exactly results. with an ad yeah um yeah. but the the part that I love about it is um Just, and I don't know, could be bad. Uh <laughs> I don't know. Ten here's, steps to reverse mortgage. Uh, right. Here's yeah. five hundred articles about why inhaling smoke is good, actually. <laughs> <laughs> 
then, yeah, and here's one about like a doctor does not want you to do this and it's a slideshow and we will never tell you what this is um but uh what i loved about it is there's a little bit of foreshadowing of what's going to happen with the scott templeton storyline um and uh it is regarding this random fire that they see, they get some art on it. And um, I am going to play that for you now. Something's burning. <laughs> you, uh, you wonder what it might be? Hey, I'm not the police reporter. <laughs> if something's on fire, we're going to need Surprise me with a nice pretty picture, huh? A few minutes later. The burnt doll. <laughs> Carlisle again. Hey, Swag, I'm looking at fire art from East Baltimore, and I got a burnt Barbie in foreground. No fucking way I believe in this picture. Print me something else. Every fire photo he brings in is there's got to be some burnt doll somewhere in the debris. <laughs> See that cheap motherfucker now with his fucking hair and my dolls pouring lighter fluid on each one? You check his fucking trunk to find the whole collection. <laughs> I just, I, it's so fucking perfect. Just the idea that he's just like, no, no, no. You're trying to do art right now. This is not art. This is news. Well, I just want to done it a bunch of times already. Yeah. <laughs> That's the bigger yeah. problem. Weird doll shit. That's really yeah. good. My favorite part about that scene too was the, you cut it before, but the, uh, he tells the, the woman after the guy goes and like, is like, oh, whatever. He's like, He's a columnist. He's paid to sit on his ass. What's your yeah, excuse, right. essentially? Which yeah. is literally like, as a reporter, nothing resonated with me more <laughs> than like my editor telling me to get up off my ass and go somewhere versus a columnist sort of opining without actually reporting. Yep, that's what you I know. do. <laughs> uh oh. I ain't getting off my ass. <laughs> that is kind of a crazy thing that there's, a, and, and I feel like the columnists are the ones who, uh, those are the names you know which may be the big oh, problem sure. i mean, that, I, mean yeah. I don't know if that's the crux of it but that's a big portion of it is like because listen ego is is important right it's not just like this sin you know and the fact is that we're like the only fucking news names we know are all people who just sit on their ass opining about shit that they don't even know about but they're like i don't know man i just fucking i just think stuff and i, I put it down and you know i think it's, people I, yeah yeah like i think it's like i mean vince you obviously do like sort of cultural and art criticism and things like that right so i mean like, i have I to see the movie a, so you know right. like and that's true like you a, do have to get off your butt <laughs> i think there's a substantive different substantive difference in that versus someone like on an editorial page riffing on, well, this is, you know, what I think this random thing inside of a company actually means, or like, sort of like, this is what political sort of attitudes actually mean or something. And like, a lot of it is not rooted in, like, there's a difference between, okay, this is sort of like art criticism or, you know, watching the film yeah. and deriving this versus I'm just riffing on bullshit that I don't really know about, but it fits in a thesis that I already have with the world sort of thing. Yeah, right, if your exactly. name is like Shmama Schmiedman or something and you, <laughs> yeah. you know, happen to have a conversation with a fucking 
taxi driver or some other person who's serving you, whose job is to serve you things, and you and you manage to extrapolate that into uh, like a worldview uh, that you already currently hold. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it happens to fit in with what my views are, which is Isn't really that crazy. Helpful. How like everything's like it's almost like my biases are getting confirmed <laughs> in this way that just makes me more self-assured about that it's not a bias, it's reality. <laughs> Anyways, I'm famous. <laughs> yeah, it is uh, you know, it is one of those things where you just kind of go like the the ego thing is is a big fucking deal and they play a lot on that in this um season with regards totally. to the sun papers because of the fact that you've got Scott Templeton who is like just itching to get out of there and get to a paper of note and um yeah. you know and is is trying to you know make a name for himself and the question is like yeah. how far will you go to do i that? mean this is like a this is the the impulse that like drives the current news media like in its uh amniotic embryonic sort of state because it's like mm -hmm. he's not trying to write to um to, tr to try and derive what the truth is he's right. trying to understand what people want to hear and yeah. and and give that to them so that he can become you know, more prominent and uh, like, it's almost yeah. quaint in a way that he's still doing it like in the guise of news. Cause now right. it literally is just like computers writing uh, like an AI bot trying to satisfy another AI bot that may right. rep represent some question people are asking Google. <laughs> yeah. Trying to sell ads to the other bots. Yeah. God. <laughs> But uh, just uh, to stick with Scott for a second, I have um, uh, basically He's such a perfect fucking weasel. I know oh he was God. perfectly it's cast. So good cast. I also like that. Like he's supposed to like be a young twenty-something reporter, and he looks like a forty-year-old man. <laughs> well, that's see. This is the great thing about the casting of the show is I am also pretty sure that uh, Alma is supposed to be. Um, another uh, yeah, like the twenty hot young something thing or whatever. That yeah, hot like young hiring. thing who can't write a lick. Like yep. that's what they were talking about. All the all the men were, you know, uh, yeah. smoking cigarettes and talking about how you know layoffs are happening and you know how how come we got all these girls? <laughs> um, and then I was looking and I was like, I think Alma's supposed to be one of them. I think, which yeah. not to say that, but you know that she's not young I mean, or younger than the others, but. Everyone on this show, when they're casting it, they cast it like, nah, even the young people got to look toe up. Like, they got to look <laughs> well, grizzled. Not, she's a wonderful, beautiful woman, but I'm saying she. everyone looks older than they probably actually are. Right. I mean, this is probably not true for print journalism, but, like, watching um, television news is, like, a, yeah. is a head trip because if you watch, uh, especially, like, an on-location on reporter um, at first glance, like based on how they're dressed and how they talk, you're like, okay, this person is meant to be 45 years old. But if you watch it for more than 10 seconds and sort of scrutinize it, you're like, oh, that person's clearly like 23 because right. like every, every local news reporter now is a 22 year old cosplaying as a 45 year old because all of the audience is 80. Like it's, it's a, it's like God a weird, damn. like <laughs> yeah it's a weird like time space time continuum that's bending in strange ways based yeah. on 
the, and it's yeah. funny because it's like it's um you know code switching is something that you think of uh you know uh, primarily being like a non-white thing you know it's like uh it's something you you're code switching to talk white in front of white people type sure. thing but it's news voice is also a version of there's like of code switching where you see young people who are like mm. now i am talking like father <laughs> totally uh, 12 <laughs> car pile up you know and they, <laughs> you know they don't actually talk like that but it is <laughs> but uh yeah watching scott throughout this episode his weaselly little face just kind of like just talking shit it kind of like uh like even shitting crapping on like almond success in this episode Damn. uh at getting that uh contra blind uh but uh, yeah i have a collection of his stuff Hi. it's a shit news town you think how many stories go national out of here Alma, i want you to go to this address it's a strip club called desperado oh she goes to strip clubs and i'm pulling clips in the morgue <laughs> you deserve more than the contributing line for that can't go far on country blinds. Where do you want to go? Times are posed for us. Hey. Hey. I need a story. I'm up. Yeah. Stay hungry like that. <laughs> Good things come when they come. Never tell... Never tell a young guy to stay hungry, you know? <laughs> I, uh, I love the the contrib complaining and the like uh where is i mean it was perfect because the thing that simon i think is trying to say is like there's the people who love the work and then there's the people who are looking for the next thing or the prestige or the glory or whatever and like and i think casting like the times and the post is like the foil to the the local paper that does good work is is really works well here you know and like yeah there's tons of the scots in the uh, in the fucking journalism industry honestly i i yeah i can i could only imagine especially you know um especially now that like uh ego is is you know even more like at this point massaging ego is just like a thing everyone does on a daily basis yeah you know it's not it's not uh there there's no uh, even attempt at like having any kind of anonymity right you know and totally. to, not to say that ego wasn't a thing beforehand but like i can only imagine the amount of scott templeton templetons that exist in journalism now just because it's like uh you know it's i mean yeah it's it's a it's an industry in which if you do you know make a like it's beyond just getting a pulitzer it's also uh, fucking twi how many twitter followers at least yep. at one point it was how many twitter followers yeah. you had or how many um what are those called when you like p talking head pop-ins that people do on like 24-hour news networks oh and stuff. yeah cable hits or whatever no, cable uh, hits yeah I, I, and not only that they encourage you to brand yourself right like you're and like look right I fucking am a beneficiary of this myself. Like I literally sure. have had to do this because this is like the way it's either it's going or it's supposed to go or whatever. And like, I built sources over that. It's helped me do a bunch of different things, but like, yeah. it also is a sort of thing where what, what I think the question he's sort of posing, which I think is the right one, which is just like, why, why are you doing this? Why are you in this game to begin with? And is it for the, 
quote unquote right reasons or not, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. And of course they depicted him wearing a sweater over a, a button up shirt with the collar sticking out, which I don't know, like that is like classic Hollywood shorthand for like journalist or writer <laughs> for some reason. Yeah, it's, like they all, it's always like the person who writes uniform. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. It's the, uh, you know, it's the journalist equivalent of uh, accountant who has the uh, clear visor. <laughs> you <know? Yeah>. yes. <laughs> so you got to get one of those when you finish your accounting school. Um, but yeah, uh, all the Sun Paper stuff is just like great because for me, it is what makes the season. Uh, and, and I don't look at it like some people look at it and they go, it's another show. And it fits in so well, in my opinion, to yeah. the narrative that they're creating on the show about the kind of interplay between um, politics and uh, local politics, uh, local police, um, uh, local crime and local reporters. Like it all, it all fits together. Also, like if it's yeah. another show, it's maybe like the most, honest show because like that's yeah. clearly that's clearly like the the topic about which david simon has the most you know personal uh experience with and access to grind and yeah yeah it's all you know great source for comedy and <laughs> drama there for him yeah, it's it's pretty great um so we'll get to more of that as the season progresses but one thing i wanted to note too is that like just the as far as like new versus old or things you lose over time is like this moment that gus spots the the big story that you were talking about earlier um yeah. buried in like line nine page nine or whatever of these agenda notes and then someone asks him who is that guy and he's like oh fat face rick he goes back to like these days of mm -hmm. drug dealing and like the thing that i loved about that is like the institutional knowledge of these cities is going yes. out the door as you kill these people, as you lay off these people or whatever. And you right. can replace them with younger people with more energy, with lower salaries or whatever, but they just, they haven't been around. Like that's just, yeah. it's right. just a virtue of doing this shit for a long time. You yeah. Know they wouldn't things, know, you know? <clears throat> yeah. They wouldn't know fat face Rick. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And they have to, yeah. You, uh, I mean, it's just not something that you can, you know, like there's not someone who's like, Oh yeah. I'm like a, 1980s west baltimore drug kingpin nerd you know uh, so uh, you know i may be 19 but i know about this shit it's like no you you fucking you lose that guy you lose the institutional knowledge and you you lose why that's a story which yeah. uh is uh yeah you know that's uh we gotta you know we gotta get uh we gotta fix this business guys i don't know how um but uh so what else happened? I mean, a, a lot is happening right now. The big story is nobody getting paid. Um, the cops in Baltimore are not getting paid their OT, um, even if they're working overtime hours. They've cut, um, you know, I think they're, they're not allowed to shop their cars anymore. Like service cars are now completely fucked. And, uh, you know, no one is no one is able to fix anything um, shopping the cars just means what like getting them fixed i think i, I yeah it means i think, I think it so. means yeah getting them serviced mm -hmm. um okay. you know like uh, and you you see uh, there's a scene where jimmy is like just trying to find one car so <laughs> yeah. that he can um you know go over to the scene of a murder um and uh he's unable to find one so he takes a bus yeah you know that's right uh and uh yeah so like 
the the money stuff is very interesting um because it all stems from Carchetti's refusal to take money from the governor um in order to fix the gigantic debt because he have fears a headline well i guess he he, he fears, fears someone no, throwing he does. Bag in, yeah but yeah he fear because he wants to run for governor and if he takes that money he thinks he'll lose the suburbs um mm. which is just an insane like i can't even yeah like, no one's gonna be paying maybe i'm not a, it's because i'm not a homeowner but i'm like i can't imagine being like oh that guy took some money to fix a city <laughs> right. schools well no not with my tax dollars it's like all my tax dollars go to killing children i think like at this point <laughs> yeah. i'm like our tax dollars are so blood soaked that i'm like yeah i don't know fix the schools do whatever <laughs> at yeah. this point i don't get a line item fucking thing here's here's what we bought <laughs> just the idea that people would like you know um punish him for that is like insane to me but apparently it's a thing um it's so funny that like yeah. this the this is the end of carchetti's arc just as like obama is like campaigning and I it's know. like uh, it's like a I fucking know. mirror of the whole thing almost and it's, it's yeah i remember literally i remember watching this show and um and loving it and being like man it's so like cynical and 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 whatnot and then i remember Obama when he was running saying it was his favorite show and <laughs> me being like wait why is this going to be like two things <laughs> one is because you're like um, this is an honest show and these are problems I want to fix or the other one is like, is like yeah because I saw the show and I said you know what a life in politics that's for me <laughs> Yeah, it's the politician equivalent of being like oh you know who's cool? Fucking Tony Montana. I want to be a drug dealer yeah, like right. that guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just a little too. Uh, I don't know. I it, it it worried me at the time, but I remember being like, "Nah, that just." Why might... is a show about how politicians are cool guys? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So we're, we're rewatching first season of True Detective, and I, I saw this one actress. It's really it's still amazing, and like it's this so one good. actress on it. Uh, there was like a tweet years ago where Obama was like, oh, I got to get True Detective or something or whatever. Like he's like talks about loving True Detective. And the uh, Lee, the woman who plays Woody Harrelson's like fling girlfriend. Yeah, Alexandra Daddario. Yeah. yeah she, oh, that her? I wouldn't know her name. Oh, man. <laughs> I wait, what's her name? I'm blanking what? on her name. I, I don't know I that one. I, I, <laughs> I was focused on McConaughey whole time. What about whoever... When she saw it, she go. She tweeted, um, "The president has seen my boobs," <laughs> <laughs> which I think is like one of the most amazing things. I wish I could do some version of "The president has seen my boobs" at some point in my life. <laughs> I wish I had a version of that exactly. in my life. Yeah, no, man. I mean, yeah, that was. Uh, let's. I mean, let's all be honest. Uh, probably one of the most uh, memorable boob scenes. <laughs> in television history like i, I remember I, it's just like you know i think yeah, about like it my, often it's like my I mean, kennedy I assassination 
Yeah, to me. <laughs> we all remember where yeah. we were <laughs> when she took his shirt off and he did the bounce bound. <laughs> my oh. Um, oh, okay. So, uh, so Jimmy uh, starts out this episode. Um, he is they're they're still staking out um, the uh, you know Marlowe. The MCU, the Major Crimes Unit, has become the Marlowe Crimes Unit, and. Mm. Um, they are they've been doing the same thing for months and not getting anywhere and it's because marlo knows marlo is very aware that they're being watched and so they're just kind of like not doing anything publicly but they're st they're staying out pretending as if you know they're they're going about their business but they're clearly doing everything they can to not do anything illegal in front of them it also um, it just seems like the the detail like the, all the people in the detail are mad that the detail basically gets uh, shut down by the end of the episode. But watching right. it, you're watching it, you're like, they don't have anything on these people and they're not yeah. going to from following him. It doesn't seem like. Yeah, it does. It, you know, it's interesting because they're uh, yeah, it is strange that they um, and they don't really explain it, but uh, they don't have like a wiretap or anything like up and it just seems like they're kind of just doing like their basic surveillance which is um yeah so they're not getting anywhere and freeman is of the thought like we just got to keep on them and they'll slip up um but uh they don't have any time and carcetti because he didn't take that money he's like we need to cut even more from the baltimore police so the detail the major crimes unit gets axed once again and um and i love this episode because drunk jimmy is back i know i yeah. should be sad but drunk That's jimmy my, my favorite. favorite i mean drunk jimmy and angry daniels like livid oh, yeah. livid daniels oh just i know P. lance reddick but god when he's mad it's just so it's he does it so well yeah and it's like fucking it's them at their peak it's like it's like all our friends are back and they're all <laughs> the terrible versions of themselves that we love. Um, and Jimmy is just so, he's just so good. Like Dominic West playing drunk is beautiful. Yes. Uh, like favorite him being part of the scene. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I, yeah, please, please. No, I was just going to say my favorite. So I have like a, I literally have been going down this list of like things that I remember in like Jimmy uh, or when they're talking about like, which one of them is going to do what when they're going to rot knock over the liquor store or <laughs> yeah. whatever. And then they're like, who's going to be a real man. We look over at Jimmy and he's like stumbling drunk. And a, a lady is still like, I want to fuck this it. dude. <laughs> that, that was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Still is like, yeah, you know, I what? like this guy's vibe. Yeah. I like his vibe. This guy seems like easy pickings. He's falling over himself drunk, but there's something about that smile that says he'll definitely call me. Um, but yeah, I have I have drunk Jimmy being <laughs> motherfucking liars. Easy boy. I was happy at patrol. I was fine. You were bored. Fuck no, I was happy. Motherfuckers come to me and say, it's a new day, Jimmy. Bunk on a pro. Hey, bunky bunk. Wait. Come here. Jimmy. Come here, you virile beast. Hey. Come on, bunk. Let me a drink, you whore. With what? 
That's it. I love him so much. He's. Oh, I want him to be my friend. <laughs> Did you know that apparently, like, women would actually throw themselves at him when he was on the set, like, like Dominic oh, West? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I didn't mean, know that, sense. but yeah, I can totally see it. There's, yeah. uh, he has this charm about him that is just like, just you can feel it through the camera. Totally. Um, yeah, and him being drunk, and you know, I feel bad for Beatty because you know he had this wonderful life with this, you know, beautiful. Uh, I guess she is still a cop at this point, but she's still, uh, you know, you we don't see her doing cop stuff anymore, and. You know, he just abandons it all because he's he's got that itch again. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah. you know, he's addicted to being right and being the best cop. And mm -hmm. he's also addicted to the pain of uh, trusting in a system that uh, he will eventually betray him. And I think he, he likes that pain. Um hmm. And then, yeah, so uh, Carcetti, you know, is, he he cuts them off. And, he, you know, for a second, you think he's about to get more funding from the feds. But the feds, they're not interested in fucking, you know, helping out Baltimore. They're only interested in um, taking over the case against Clay Davis. And uh, I have that scene as well. Clay Davis to go federal. Our state's attorney has developed that case. You could convince... Mr. Bond, to reconsider, we might find the resources not only for the probe of the row house bodies, but the time to run some of those gun cases for him. Baltimore is knee deep in blood, and unless this guy can hang a Democratic legislator, he couldn't give a damn. And to protect that legislator, you'll burn every last bridge. Do you think I give a shit about Clay Davis? I am not protecting him. Then give him up. It's Bond's call. Talk to him. I have. And he told your Republican ass to go fuck itself, huh? Well, let me double down on that. Good luck with your crime problem. Telling someone's ass to go fuck itself. <laughs> that does seem quite vulgar. Talk Difficult. to the ass. <laughs> the yeah. face ain't listening. <laughs> but yeah, he can't help himself. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> Stupid. Talk to the ass, because it's high up on the flagpole. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is, uh, you know, this is uh, the big uh, ego issue with, uh, you know, Carcetti is that at the end of the day, he's uh, his ego is more important than actually like, you know, fucking getting shit done. Um, and that is the death of all of these, you know, separate industries that we're talking about, at least in some sense, you know, fucking that's the same problem that they have over at the paper. And that's a problem that Carcetti has even Dookie uh, has got that problem even Dookie has that problem he Dookie is you know he's settling into his life as a high school dropout slash corner kid and no one respects him and um there's a scene where um they won't even tell him the count when Michael comes and they'll only give it directly to Michael um and he's, I love that Spider is like um no nah, I'm not fucking with him He's just acting like a bitch is all. <laughs> yeah. And I like, there's part of me is like, Michael is going like, yeah, he does do that. Yeah, he do be he like that. He didn't even protest. He was like, yeah, was okay. like, he do be like that. And he literally <laughs> demotes Dookie. He demotes him. And um, I, I like that they established, huh, as spiders. Like, yeah, catch, it's just catchphrase. Catch <laughs> That's right. Totally. He doesn't want to answer a question. He just goes, huh. 
<laughs> yeah. I, I love that. I, it's funny. It's uh, another catchphrase I forgot about. I mean, yeah. at this point, we're at, you happy now, bitch? That's bunk. What the fuck did I do? That's McNulty. Um, we have uh, um, Snoops is there. Her. <laughs> she does that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Her. Yeah. Uh, then uh, we have, of course, Bodie's R.I.P. was hey, and now we have spiders. Bodie also spit out of the side of his mouth. That was and spit of, out the side of the, the mouth. Spitting, yes. I love the spitting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Super gross. Yeah, and now the uh, yeah, you're right. Spiders is, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but Before it's like Duke, a very yeah. specific. It's always when it's a question he doesn't want to answer. Right, like, that's right. It it's always the his way of being like, I'm gonna pretend. I'm a, I'm a hope you don't re-ask. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then, of course, Michael yells it at him, which was great. Um, but, yeah, Michael demotes Dookie to Nanny. Um, and, uh, Vince, did you want me to play that clip? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It doesn't matter. I was okay. just, like, when he tells when he tells Dookie, like, hey, I'm going to keep paying you. You can do whatever you want before 3 o'clock. And, like, yeah. Dookie, Dookie's mad about it. It's like, come on, bro. Just... Take the buyout and uh, that's so go, true. There go you live go. your life. Like, why? Why are you mad? Why are you fighting this? He's getting you off the corner. Like, you can do whatever you want before three o'clock. But yeah, and it's also like saving your life a little bit. Yeah. Anyway. Well, it's not. But well, right. But you know, it could be. It could. Yeah, it could be. Um, and then uh, finally, uh. <clears throat> Carver at the Western dealing with his um, money problems as well. My favorite stuff that goes on with Carver is um, he's telling, um, you know, his lieutenant who, again, I always forget the name of the character, but he is the real Jay Landsman. Mm, Um, Oh, yeah. Yeah. uh, The one with the really thick Baltimore accent is actually Jay Landsman. And um, and he's like essentially you know telling him that these guys are gonna riot soon and then they go outside and there's a fight in the parking lot like that (laughs) like watching what defunding the police actually looks like just makes me more into the idea (laughs) (laughs) yeah here i have a a clip of that i don't know how long we go before the wheels fall off the car gave him the professionalism bit right in the real world, they pay professionals. That's why we call them pros. Major, there's a problem on the back lot. That thing was all fucked up when I got it for midnight. You ask anyone. Well, if you clean it, or you get the midnight shift to clean it. Clean this. What you Fuck you, Jim. You don't leave it like that for the next man. You're one whining like a little bitch, Bobby. Hey. Damn. As SIC, should I stop this? What, you think this is good for morale or something? These guys haven't had an honest paycheck in weeks. We have no fucking morale, Sergeant. <laughs> Why do you have that smile on your face, though, then? Because <laughs> it's fun watching dudes punch each other. Uh, I just got to give a shout out to the direction there. I just thought, like, the slapstick uh, of the way his hat spins around on his head and he sort of, like, drunkenly grabs for the underhook there. Like, I yeah. just, I, I loved it. It was, like, you know, so many fights in movies and TV are like badly choreographed or they just they like cut around it to make it look cool and you get nothing but like uh, yeah just his cap spinning around on his head like that while he throws a drunken punch is just so fantastic <laughs> i loved it 
He looked. Uh, th I think they were actually mad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and he calls him a little bitch. Shout out to you know, it's like a callback to Spider. It's just like this it is. Show. It is feel like I mean I I remember saying someone was acting like a little bitch at work one time, and then the whole room going oh in the same yeah. way. So it really like brings me back. No, yeah, that, it's like a call to action. It's like that's the call and response. <laughs> yeah, you hear little bitch, you're supposed to go oh. That's just <laughs> yeah, it like just encourages this it. was actually like on the set of a TV show, and I was like in charge of uh, picking up lunch that day and uh or no i was no i wasn't even in charge of it but like it, i was just one of the people getting lunch mm -hmm. and uh and like my lunch was mislabeled with another guy's and he like was like dressing me down in front of people for like touching his food and, <laughs> and i was kind of like i i literally touched it to show that it was yours and not mine and that's the only reason you're fucking eating your own food you douchebag <laughs> uh and he like and he was like technically above me but he was right. like dressing me down in front of a whole room full of people. And I said something like, well, I, I guess it's great that you're acting like a little bitch about it. <laughs> and and <laughs> it was the exact same way where the whole room was just like, oh. And in my head, I was like, oh, shit, I'm going to hear about this later. <laughs> did I, you? Yes, I absolutely did. But did you keep the job? I did. Barely. But yeah. No, but he was thing. being a little bitch. He I absolutely was being a little bitch. Huge like, bitch move. Yeah. I, mean, I feel like. What's the point of HR if not to like, like I don't know, fairly adjudicate a situation in which one party yeah. is being a little bitch? <laughs> yeah, to determine who is the who the biggest is bitch. yes, yeah, the size and shape of bitchness. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, shit's going crazy. The police are defunded. Jimmy's drunk again. He's trying to fuck. He's calling Beatty, pretending he's not drunk. Uh, Carcetti is uh, just fucking making stuff worse, and um, Marlo is kind of scot free. And it looks like he and uh, Prop Joe are gonna have some friction. But uh, we will see where all of this goes uh, as the season progresses. Um, Vince, Mike, anything else that I missed? Something you wanted to talk about? I think the uh, one last thing I'll say is the line that Gust had, which was a newsroom is a magical place where people argue about everything all the time, which yeah. is both accurate and aspirational in some ways, I think. But yeah, yeah. Like, I think that was my fun. My favorite part about being in an actual newsroom is just like bullshitting with people and also arguing with each other about stuff i guess that's that does a, a, like legitimately sound magical like <laughs> yeah just just uh like going to a place for a job sounds ma magical to honestly me at this like point. even the idea of uh you know the cops where you can get in a fist fight with each other and it's just like boys <laughs> blowing off steam and it's yeah. like yeah that's cool like that seems magical to me <laughs> let alone any of the other stuff <laughs> i know that's the thing about it it's just like fucking they make the dudes. only jobs in which are camaraderie either like they make them extinct or they make it where you're part of a fascist machine <laughs> right all that's left yeah. is fireman <laughs> i was gonna say i, I guess we all gotta be firemen should have been a fireman it. yeah should've i should have been, been fireman. fireman i feel like that would have been good um, um yeah so one of the things that i noticed that i thought was funny is mm -hmm. like we're five seasons in and it seems like they've they've just 
either heard the criticism or they figured out that uh, people are noticing that a lot of the characters don't actually have Baltimore accents and that that might be uh, mm. <laughs> like a thing to try to do. So in the beginning, we got in the beginning, we got Dozerman, um, not especially convincingly, but he's like trying where he's like, heard you blowed this whore. Yeah, uh, no, yeah heard you got blowed. <laughs> heard you got blowed by this whore. Uh, yeah. And then. Later, like in an extremely subtle moment, uh, Herc says something like, I should have never left the Bronx, like thus explaining the accent that he's been doing for the previous, (laughs) like, I mean, I think that is his normal accent, but like he's explaining his accent for the last five seasons, which is funny because I always like uh, when you watch a movie with like Van Damme or like Dolph Lundgren (laughs) or like Schwarzenegger and they have him like playing a guy who's supposed to be from Michigan or some shit. It's like, you could insert one line about how when I came over from Germany, et cetera, like whatever, man, it's one line. I remember when that tree branch (laughs) fell on my head and made me talk weird. (laughs) I thought to myself. When I woke up with foreign accent syndrome. (laughs) (laughs) What a strange disease anyway. Yeah, anyway, back to trying to get a toy for my child. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, that it is true. Like that, that line to me, I also thought the same thing. I was just like, oh, they've finally five seasons in. They're like, should we address why some of these people are just not doing the accent correct or doing a completely different East Coast accent? Yeah. At least Dominic West didn't do his British accent. You can yeah, do that. yeah. We're, we're lucky for that. You know, Dominic West, you know, credit where credit is due. He did such a good job as Jimmy McNulty for someone who's got to be the only Brit who can't keep a normal American accent straight. You know, like every British act- uh, actor. I mean, we give him a lot of shit for the times where it comes out. But I mean, he mostly, like he mostly, he mostly got it. it. Yeah. No, for sure, for sure. But I mean, you know, there are times 88% where- 88% of the time it works 100%. <laughs> right, but that's a bad percentage for British people. Because like British people can do a whole series and then you hear them talk and you're like, oh shit. I think, I mean, some can, I feel like those are just like people like, uh, Dr. House and Damien, uh, Damien, whatever his name, the redhead guy. Like, I feel like those guys are, you know, yeah, Damien Lewis. Like, I feel like those guys are not the norm. Like that is a Mm. special, that's a special skill. Compare him to Idris Elba on this show. I didn't know Idris Elba was British for the longest fucking time. That's a perfect example. Idris Elba, like he doesn't do the Baltimore accent, but the idea that he was British didn't even like go through my mind yeah whereas like i think like you know a couple episodes in like season one i was like oh he's british (laughs) (laughs) you know and then that's usually i don't know that's usually you know it'll take you out of it but but he's such a good it's such a good character and he does it so well that i don't care i can just go ah he's drunk (laughs) he's a drunk (laughs) irishman (laughs) you know um but yeah uh that is the episode and um if I had to give it a letter grade, and I do, I think, you know what? I'm going to give it a B plus. Vince, what would you give this episode? If you had you know, we've been it? doing this show uh, a long time now. We're on season like 20, five. 20 years. 20 years that we've been doing the show. And uh, in that time, like I've had time to really uh, fine tune my grading system oh, okay. and, and get it, uh, you know, very, it's very scientific. It's very careful. Of course and, it, is. Uh, it took me some careful consideration, but I, I, I came to the conclusion that I'm going to give this one a solid B plus. Whoa, shit. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah. Um, took all the uh, things into account before I got there, but 
I'm glad you did. It sounds like a scientific system. Uh, Mike, what would you give this episode if you had to give it a letter grade? I I honestly did struggle with this before and after, but I am really landing on earnest B plus as All my right. rating for this for this episode. It was good. There's some criticism, but I was like, I enjoyed it. This is a good episode. B plus. Well, you know what? That makes it a solid B plus episode of The Wire and a solid A plus episode of Pod Yourself The Wire. Mike <laughs> Isaac, thank you so much for coming on again and gracing us with your presence. We fucking love you. Right Where on. can people yeah. find you? Yeah, no, thank you for having me. Uh, I write about tech at technology at the New York Times. I have a book called Super Pump, The Battle for Uber, which is also uh, now on Netflix that so you can watch whenever. But um, And I'm Netflix, on Twitter. Showtime. Yes. Paramount Plus with Showtime. Just go to That's every right. network. That is with Showtime. Tubi, Voodoo, Redbox, Pluto, Pluto Box, TV, Greenbox. <laughs> All of it. Yeah. There is a Blu-ray which I own actually. So Hell yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So get it on Blu-ray. If you use get... Blu-ray, do it. Yes. Yeah. If you got a Blu-ray player, get it there. If you got a Red Box player, get it there. Get it everywhere. Um, Mike Isaac, thank you so much for <laughs> coming for back. Me. This is super fun. I'm gonna rewatch The Wire. You have inspired me. I'm gonna go back and do it now. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Wires. Patreon.com slash Frotcast. The $8 tier gets you a shout out. It's been a little while, so we have a few fucking names. Um, and we're going to start off with these five names. Uh, Vince, are you ready to give them their street name? Mm-hmm. I sure am. Okay. I wasn't sure with the buzzing. Mm, I don't know. Uh, I was just getting ready. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the first is this is you know someone who we you know has has continued to re up their eight dollar more tier uh, a bunch of times and now they are doing twenty dollars. Shell shoe. Shoe. Shell shoe. Both of those names start with a sh. We're going to call this person, shut up. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's good. I like it. I start with a shut. Yeah. That's good. All right. Next is Adrian Guillory. Or G-U-I-L-L-O-R-Y. We call this the... Call this. I don't know if Adrian's a guy or a girl. Uh, we're gonna call him the guillotine. Hey, hey. I never got that one before. Hey, cut your fucking head off. Uh, next is Rob White. Isn't that uh, one of the Robin Big guys? No. What's no. the rednecks of comedy? The, what are they That's called? Ron White. Right. But what is that? What are they called? The Tater Salad. No. <laughs> All right. We'll call oh, them Tater oh, Salad. Oh, oh. <laughs> uh, that, that's the uh, b- red uh, blue collar comedy. Oh, yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. You want to call them Tater Salad? Yep. I like Tater Salad. Yeah. All right, Rob, you are Tater Salad. And finally, um, this is a Danish name. There's only uh, one consonant in that last name. Good luck with that. Uh, yeah, okay, so it's L-A-S-S-E, so that's first name, Lass, and last name is A-A-R-O with a line through it, E. 
So I assume an O with a line through it means uh, never it, mind. Don't put an O in there. <laughs> I think it's. I think it says. E, 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 I think it. I think it's. E, 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 I'm sorry. But, uh, shout out to the Danes. You guys are probably cool. I didn't mean it. I'm gonna call this guy Val because his name's almost all vowels. I love it, Vowel. That yeah. is all of the shout-outs for this week. Um, we're going to be doing our best to get all of the shout-outs in um, before, obviously, the season is up. Uh, as we get closer and closer, like, if you if you started uh, your $8 um, donation or, or subscription, like, in December or something, and you don't hear your name by, like, episode three or four, please make sure to email us and tell us so that you, we don't miss out on it. People fall through the cracks, so please do that. Email us. With your questions, comments, or concerns, fraughtcast at gmail.com. Vince, what is the Google Voice number? 415-275-0030. All right, everyone. Thanks again so much for listening. And until next time, if you come at the king, you best not miss. Bomber song, 501, Got temple time, OT, ain't been paid and I guess it's not a new day. Drugs. Jimmy said he would love to dry out some. Now he's back trying to get his dick sucked. And Carcani let Burrell make the stats cooked. No one's paid, no one's paid, no one's paid. Two measures shorter. I look up number nine, it's Kevin Rossdale. Flat, 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 all right, a Clarksdale. That's the name of a horse, you see. Oh, David Beckett, Chip, and shit. I was married to Gwen Stefani. She is nice. She was a mommy. We had children, but then we broke up. And now we're not together no more. <laughs> all right, I'll, that's it.
This feels nice to be back doing this. Uh, talking about Israel too much is uh, making me, you know, sad or something. Um, but, you know, yeah. Yeah, these songs are fun. I feel like you guys have super professionalized since I was last on this show like two, three years ago or something. It's, yeah, man. It's we uh, interesting. We you know, go. we got a we got a video thing going on now, and uh, fucking, I, you know, I'm, I'm no sure longer Brent talking about fucking a fish. We got yeah. well sometimes. <laughs> yeah, oh sometimes God, I do. I think I listened to that again at some point, and I was like, "Holy fuck, I forgot about the fish thing." <laughs> yeah, that was that was one of my favorite moments. He tells it all the time. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just like sometimes you gotta, yeah, yeah, you know, well. speak your truth. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.